It's time to get real, reality TV aficionados. Welcome to the Giorgio Says Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Giorgio Takanakis, and I'm here serving you the juiciest updates on all your favorite reality shows weekly, as well as the hottest pop culture trends and even exclusive interviews that will leave you wanting more. This podcast will keep you on the edge of your seat. We definitely need to talk about this. The Giorgio Says Podcast starts now. All right, my friends, welcome to another episode of Giorgio Says the Podcast. And you know what day it is. It's the day after the Vanderpump Rules season 11 premiere. So you guessed right. We are definitely going to be recapping that for you. But before we get into the Vanderpump Rules recap, I just want to put out a bit of an apology. I had scheduled some clips from my podcast um, around me reading the, the legal documents around the lawsuit from Caroline Manzo to Bravo. And in doing that, when I scheduled it, the wrong drafts went out. So meaning I did not uh, schedule the clips to include a trigger warning. And a lot of you guys thankfully reached out to me to let me know that that was very triggering and um, I totally get it and totally my fault, my bad. It was an oversight, shouldn't have happened. So I took them down, but um, so I want to apologize for that because that was not my intention whatsoever. Secondly, um, I also want to preface that a lot of you guys are not understanding maybe how I explained this whole situation with Caroline and Brandy and Ultimate Girls Trip, but there was an internal investigation done. Now, this has been going on, it's been about a year now since this all kind of started coming to the surface, but they were not able to find anything. Now, a lot of you guys also pointed out because Brandy's so adamant about wanting the show to air because she feels it will vindicate her that production and perhaps uh, the powers that be would maybe edit it in a way that would not show the full uh, situation. Also, I do know that sometimes people, when they do go into the bathroom, when they film, they turn the audio down on their mic pack. I understand that production's not in there. I understand there's not cameras in the bathroom. I know this. So, but what I am saying is that there were people in the bathroom. So I'm questioning what their side to it. What did they see? What did they hear? It doesn't seem that they've come out and said anything other than they would like to see the show air. Gretchen Rossi actually a day or two ago posted to her stories asking if people wanted it to air. She felt like it should. She was one of the people outside of Alex McCord that were in the bathroom when this alleged situation happened. Um, I'm not taking away that Caroline was traumatized, triggered, and this brought up a lot of stuff for her because she was SA'd at seven. I've also been SA'd. I understand that certain situations will trigger you and you don't, you're not thinking straight. You're also filming a show. So all of these things are happening at the same time, but multiple things can be true as well. And I'm not saying I don't believe that Caroline felt the way she felt. But in the documents, reading it, some of it, in my opinion, felt a bit embellished to fit a specific narrative. I've also heard 
uh, and these are just rumors, so they're alleged, uh, that maybe perhaps Caroline was saying things about certain people on this show that maybe she doesn't want other people to see, meaning she doesn't want it to air also for that reason. So there might be a couple reasons why she doesn't want it to air, but I'm pretty sure it would be traumatizing to rewatch something that made you feel that way. So I'm not sure what will happen with this. All I do know is the rest of the cast seem to be fine with it airing. And some of the people seem to still be engaging with Brandy, even though there was the situation. So I'm not quite sure what to think at this point. All I know is that Caroline got herself out of there. She did the right thing. She didn't continue filming the show and she did what was best for her and her mental health and her spirit. I wish her all the best. I hope that she's getting help to deal with that trauma. And I also hope that she heals. But what I do want to point out is that it's interesting that Caroline Manzo is suing Bravo and so did Nene Leakes. But Nene Leakes has been blacklisted ever since. And her issues were racial and unfairness and all those things. And a lot of people threw that in the garbage and said that Nene was ungrateful and she should never have done that. She ruined her own career. She's doing too much. So I guess, does that fit this narrative with Caroline as well? Will she be blacklisted from being on any type of TV or media? Because if we're going to follow that rule of thumb for Nene, it should go for everyone. So I hope that, you know, they blacklist her as well. Fair is fair. Again, two things can be true at the same time. One person can't get away with suing Bravo, and I better not see Caroline on another Bravo show at the very least after this, because I would think that this kind of seals the deal in terms of like, you're done with them. We'll see. Um, also, uh, there isn't a lot of uh, quick tea, but we'll get into one thing that uh, people are kind of talking about. I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. I saw this kind of coming. I don't think a lot of you will actually be shocked, but let's go ahead and get into some quick tea. All right, my friends. So today's quick tea is short and sweet and I'm not really shocked by it. So yesterday, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I was seeing some posts go around that someone had gone on to Morgan Wade's Instagram page and it looks like she completely cleaned it out. I think there's only two posts on there that are just her music specific type content. And people had pointed out that she had completely erased Kyle from the, the grid. But then you go to Kyle's page and she still has her pictures up with Morgan. And a lot of people are like, what's going on? What's going on? Look, the the whole thing around this has been pure speculation. And I don't care at this point what anyone has to say. I don't care what Kyle does with who. I really don't. I think what got people kind of side-eyeing this, and not even the Mauricio part, I think everyone can be behind her on that. If she's done with that, then she's done with that. There's nothing to speculate there. I think they are obviously in a good enough place that they can still remain in the same household. But she did say that in order for her to actually psychologically move on, she would have to get a divorce. They couldn't continue living that way. That doesn't, that doesn't help her mental health be able to move on. And how would she date other people if they're still living in the same house, even if they do travel 
quite often and they have other houses. Like that's still weird. But nonetheless, when it comes to this Morgan Wade situation that's playing out on the show-ish and all the tabloids and everything else, I do feel like it was done in a way to speculate, to distract from maybe what was going on in her marriage so that she wouldn't have to ask or be asked questions about that when this is kind of like a it it sticks out more and it's different and it's not like Kyle. So people are going to maybe jump to that, which they are. Uh, But I have an interesting theory that the reason why Morgan probably cleared out her feed could be, well, actually it could be one of two reasons. Sometimes musicians, when they are trying to grow, trying to move forward, trying to build, they may be told by their social media management to maybe keep the social media focused on music only. And maybe her page, I haven't looked at it in a while, but maybe her page was starting to be a hodgepodge of speculate, you know, speculating photos of her and Kyle hanging out as friends and then her music. And then she's kind of like in the Bravo sphere now. So it's kind of probably weird. And maybe perhaps now that the reunion is done filming that, you know, the contract's done. The agreement's done. Now we can focus on on Morgan's documentary, which I can't wait to see, by the way. I'm very interested as to why Kyle was so enthralled about doing a documentary on Morgan Wade and her music career. But I'll watch it. But I do think it has something to do with the fact that the season's over. There's no need for this to be on her page anymore. Or maybe she was just tired of it because maybe it was getting to a point where people were bringing that up rather than bringing up her music so also based on some previous people allegedly that she's messed with Morgan it seems like she's she gets in she has her intense fun with you and then she pieces out so I'm not really quite sure what to make of it what I do know is that there was a inside source that came out and had said uh, this actually reminded me I wasn't going to bring this up but I just thought of it at the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion, as as I mentioned, Sutton passed out towards the end. And so obviously she wasn't able to stay to take the cast photo and they probably weren't able to finish that very last segment because then Garcelle had to go as well because Garcelle went with Sutton. Now, someone had come out and I want to see if I have it because I want to make sure I... Okay, here it is. So I I saw this... Shout out to your moms are watching. She always gets the insider tea, but she had posted on her story. She reshared a uh, tweet from Woke Stan Batty on X or Twitter or whatever you're calling it these days. And this is alleged again, but it would be interesting if, if this is actually true. Uh, she says, or they say, I leave it at this. Yes, Kathy was there. And yes, Sutton passed out. But the reason that led to that was shocking. Sutton couldn't handle the heat. She, Garcelle, and Kyle never hashed out their issues since she ran away to the hospital and Garcelle went with her. Bravo is mad AF. Now, that could be a huge exaggeration. It could be true. But what I also heard was the reason why Kathy actually came was because she was coming to set 
things straight with Sutton about the things that she was saying in regards to their relationship versus Kyle's. So it seems that Kathy was coming to back Kyle up and just put it out there. But it seems like the heat was turned on Sutton and they're alleging that because it was getting too intense and she wasn't maybe able to handle all the backlash from Kyle and, and all the things that she was bringing up about her marriage, uh, Garcelle was doing the same thing. It seems that this is alleging that she may have passed out out of dramatics in order to get out of it because it was getting too intense. Now, I don't know if I really believe that because I feel like Sutton would be able to unless there's more to the season that we haven't seen yet, whatever they're digging into, I can't imagine that that would be her way to get out of it. And Garcelle, I just think that's the way it worked out. So yeah, I'm sure production's pissed off that they weren't able to get that full closure on that part of it. But I don't think it was done purposefully. And I don't think it was because Sutton couldn't handle the heat. But you never know. We'll see what happens, okay? Um, so yeah, that's what's going on. It looks like Kyle and Morgan's contract is over because Beverly Hills has wrapped. They filmed the reunion. So Morgan's probably going to move on to just focusing on music. And it seems like Kathy came in to defend her sister, like a real sister. Actually, I'm just really excited Kathy was there because you know what? I said this in my post the other day. I, whether you like her or not, she brings some, she brings pizzazz to the show. She really does. She's comedic relief. She's quirky. She's funny. She's so Beverly Hills. So I do hope that this uh, garners her a spot back on the show. Not that I thought that they wouldn't have had her back this season, but I guess it'll all depend on the scheduling of the filming. If they do another season of Paris and Love, then she'll probably opt out of Beverly Hills so that she can just focus on Paris and Love. But if they're not, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. You know, I love my Kathy Hilton over here. So, um, but with all that being said, guys, we need to jump into the Vanderpump Rules season 11 premiere. Notes on a scandal. Let's recap it. Let's get into it. Golly Nutrition is an inventive, people-focused nutrition company committed to providing innovative products that make taking your daily supplements simple and delicious. Their products are formulated with quality ingredients you can pronounce and flavors your taste buds will absolutely enjoy. And at the core of it all, they lead with purpose. Golly for Good is an initiative committed to playing a profound role in supporting the health of our planet as well as our local communities. Learn more about their initiatives, such as B Corp certification, Vitamin Angels partnership, and Eden reforestation projects at their Golly for Good page. And if you use my special code, the Giorgio says at checkout, you will receive a special discount. Now let's get back into the episode. All right, my friends, thank you so much for sticking around. Um, let's get into the recap for the Vanderpump Rules season 11 premiere episode. It was titled Notes on a Scandal. So obviously we're picking up where we left off with the Scandal of it all. I know that I'm still a bit fatigued from the whole Scandal thing, which is why I haven't covered every little bit about Rachel and her podcast and like all that, because I just, I feel like we are literally standing over a dead horse with bats and we are beating the shit out of this whole thing was it traumatic yes was it awful yes did it help the show not get chopped for good 
Yeah. So everyone should be very happy that they're still receiving a paycheck because if it wasn't for last season, they all wouldn't even be here right now. Filming season 11, I mean. But we jump right in and it's actually nice because I was pleasantly surprised with this episode. I didn't know how they would kind of deliver it to us. Like, how are we going to start back up again with everything that happened? But we go to James's new home, which congrats to him. And by the way, my post was meant to be funny. It's not shading him for buying a house by the airport. We bought our house. There's a train that runs through our town. So in the morning and in the evening and in the afternoon, we do hear it. But we've gotten used to it four years later. So I think it's a big, big accomplishment that anyone purchases a house, specifically right now with the way everything is. It's much harder. So good for him. He will get used to the airplane sound. Everyone will be a-okay. My post was meant to just be a funny meme, nothing to be taken super seriously. So, but anyways, Allie and him have this conversation and she's asking him, do you think you could ever be friends with Tom Sandoval again? He kind of laughs and says, well, he hasn't even reached out to me. So I'm not sure how to answer that question. And to be fair, the way they all treated Tom, I don't know why they would expect him to reach out. I mean, they they were they made it very clear they could not stand him. They hated him. Um, so I mean, that's fair, but I mean, I guess three months later, maybe he felt like at some point Tom would have reached out to at least try to have a conversation about it because Raquel used to be James's fiance. And so for him, it's more of a sore subject. And maybe he's owed just as much of a conversation as all the others, minus Ariana, because we know that she has no interest in having any more conversation or being around this man. But from there, we find out some updates with Lala, because Lala, her mom moved from Utah, picked up her life and moved all the way to sunny Los Angeles and moved right on in with Lala. So that's actually nice because uh, I know that's a really big, important thing for Lala is her family. And her mom has been there for her so much through the, the issues that she had with Randall and their split and probably still dealing with it because it sounded like from Watch What Happens Live last night that things are just not moving forward in any capacity. So, you know, I hope that she finds some peace at some point. Uh, but we also find out that her brother was feeling a bit FOMO. So he also moved to Los Angeles and moved into the same building. How, like, I would love that so much. Like, if there was a way to have a compound and have all of, like, Jeff and I's family live on the same premise and just have separate space, I would absolutely love that. Um, so that's nice for her because it, she has, like, that sense of family, which I think is also helping her stay strong for Ocean and all the things that she has to deal with in terms of the Randall of it all. So I'm happy to hear that she has that support system. But she does relate to her mom that, you know, she's got a bit of this like side-eye approach with everyone and everything. And she feels like that is, uh, you know, a consequence of all the things that she went through with Randall. And then she witnessed what happened with Ariana and Tom Sandoval last year. 
So I think all of it was just kind of building up on her. And so now she can't help but look at everything and be jaded or look at it like, "Mm, I don't know about that. I will say, though, it was very interesting. I don't think that Lala cares too much for this new guy that's in Ariana's life. I think the way it all played out, perhaps, like I probably would be looking at it a little side eye, but maybe I would also digest it as like, it could be a rebound, but it could also just simply be a great distraction for Ariana because I agree. I don't think she has processed through everything that has happened, but that's for her to deal with. That's what therapy's for. That's what your friends are there for. And she has a good support system that she can lean on. So I think this, this new gentleman came, came in at the right time for her because I do believe everything happens for a reason. So I don't, I, I don't know enough about him to, you know, kind of have an opinion. We haven't really seen him all that much. We just saw one phone convert FaceTime conversation with him and Ariana, but he seems to be there for her. He supports her. He was just there for her first night doing Chicago. He is, he seems like he's very much a good guy to her. And she seems much happier than she's been in a very long time. So whatever's going on there, it's working. But it remains to be seen. So I'm not sure how much of him we'll actually see in the season. But I am also surprised that she was open to having him be on camera and like film because, you know, it's not always easy for the newbies to, especially when they're dating one of the cast members, to be brought into this group. It's almost like a hazing, you know, like what happened with Brock and like whatnot. So uh, we'll we'll have to keep watching. But off first glance, doesn't seem like Lala is buying what he's selling, okay? So from there, we cut to a scene where James Kennedy and Tom Schwartz sit down for a bite and a drink and catch up. And it seems like this is kind of like James is giving Schwartz a little grace because Schwartz does say that last year took a real big toll on him as well. He had a ton of stuff going on in his personal life, divorce, figuring out what was next. They had their business, you know, they have their business, Schwartz and Sandy's. That was a headache to get up and running. Then Scandival happens. And then all the trolls start showing up to Schwartz and Sandy's to make content and be like spectators at a zoo, trolling whoever they could, which by the way, I never understood that. I will never understand that. I don't care how much of a fan you are or how much you love Ariana. To show up at a place of business and troll people is actually really disgusting, as Lisa Barlow would say. Like, get a life. Get a life. Like, why are you going into an establishment where other patrons are going to try to enjoy themselves just so that you can turn it into a content spectator likes and views situation for your TikTok account? Like, it's, I think that's what burned people out. It was the constant, like, Everything was about Scandival, even when it wasn't. It was like, oh, look at this little liquor store. It's in the same shopping center as Schwartz and Sandy's. Eh." Like, just shitting on anything just to shit on it. I get it. Everyone was pissed off at Tom. But he is not the only man to have done something like this, specifically not on reality TV. I will say the way it unfolded was wild. But hey, it happened. So he talks about that. And his brother... Schwartz's brother was going through a lot of health issues around that same time. So 
all of it was just piling on. And so it was a lot for him to digest and process. And you know what? I have empathy for Schwartz. I do. He's not always upstairs with all of us, but there is a part of him. I do feel he does have good intentions overall. Like he doesn't seem like someone that is purposefully trying to be sinister like or try to screw anyone over. Does he make stupid decisions? Absolutely a lot. He does, but I don't know. I can give the guy some grace and say like, you know what? That was a lot for him to have to manage. You know, his business was on the line. They took so long to get it finally ready to open. And then this happens and it's like bad press all the way around for this business. And um, I thought it was really nice that he got James a plant and a candle because I I laughed because it's like, you know, when you buy a house, you don't realize all of a sudden you're like, obsession for candles and plants and just like decor but candles specifically for me I love candles like I love them more so now than I ever did and I always was a candle person but like not to this extent like I love like I have so many candles just up here on my third floor um loft studio that like if I lit them all it would smell like probably like a bath and body works which I also love by the way but nonetheless, I thought that was a nice gesture because, you know, it is a big deal. Like I said, buying a house in Los Angeles of all places is, it ain't cheap. And if you are trying to buy a house, you know exactly what I'm saying. Things are really expensive right now. So the fact that he has to live by an airport, yeah, he'll get over it. You'll get used to that noise. If anything, it's kind of nice, kind of gives you like that, like you're not completely isolated and alone. Like I've never been someone that was interested in living on just a big plot of land in the middle of nowhere and just being the one house for like two miles, because like that would, that would freak me out. And maybe that'll change when I get older, but I need noise. I need to know, like, I need to hear cars driving. I need to know that there's things happening because otherwise I, I, I start to panic a little bit because then you start hearing all the noises inside your house. And you're like, Oh my gosh. Cause I am one of those people. Like I'm by myself, even in this house, then, you know, when you have a bigger house, like it makes, it settles, it makes noises. It sounds like, it literally sometimes sounds like someone's walking upstairs, even though they're not. Um, but that's a whole other podcast. So Tom also says that, you know, Ariana has still iced him out. He, you know, but she did tell him she's not interested in being friends with him because he's friends with Tom and she doesn't want that connection. So I respect that. I understand that. Do I think she needs to be so cold about it? No, but I understand why. I understand. It's triggering for her probably too that she sees him knowing that he's talking to Tom and whatnot. She already lives in the same house as him. Uh, the whole thing is just too jumbled in my opinion. So I wouldn't want anything to do with anything that was connected to Tom if, if I had anything to do with it either. So then we get ready for everyone to go to Tom Tom because James Kennedy is spinning and there's a party going on there. And so all the ladies get together. And before that, Ariana has a phone call with her new man uh, explaining how it's triggering for her to go to Tom Tom because the last time she was at Tom Tom, it was when she found Tom Sandoval's phone and then Scandoval was birthed. So very, very nervous. She ends up going, obviously, but 
the funny thing is like, I don't know if they knew where she was sitting last time or they just kind of, it just felt like a little coincidental that they ended up sitting in an area where she was sitting when she found the phone and not even just the same area. She says, this is the seat I was sitting in. So it's just like, did you guys plan it that way to like trigger her to have a reaction? I don't know. You can never tell specifically on this show because so many of them sometimes feel like they're putting on for the show. But nonetheless, she's there. The ladies rally around her, support her, and she seems to be okay. And then Tom Schwartz gets there. He says hello to everyone, says hello to Ariana, and she acts like he is a ghost. She did not see him. She doesn't acknowledge him. Nothing. Uh, that, that to me was a little unnecessary. She could have, like, if it were me, because trust me, there are people I do not like, loathe even. But if we're in a situation, like a group setting, and the one person I loathe still talks to the other people in my group, and they say hello to me, I'm going to say hello back. And that's it. Like, I'm not going to be like, hi, how are you? Hi, keep it moving. You know what I mean? Cordial. You know, he didn't really shit all over you. Tom Sandoval did. So I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, so that didn't work out in his favor, obviously. She was not interested in, in engaging with him. And from there, Lala then has a moment with Lisa Vanderpump where she tells her that she watched the last five minutes of the Vanderpump Rules reunion where Raquel was spilling more beans about the relationship with her and Tom. And she said that she, she was a little bit triggered by something that that Rachel said, where I think she said, like, I don't want to betray him because if I betray him, then I'll have nobody. And that really stood out to Lala and it made her open up about how even with her situation with Randall, and I'm, I'm really happy to see this growth in Lala because it's not easy to take accountability, number one. Number two, to be transparent and honest about it at the same time, you know, I hope that was refreshing for her spirit so that she could let some of that angst go because I do know she was very defensive about, you know, the word homewrecker being used or, you know, breaking up someone's family, like all that type of talk was real, like it would make her react. I'm glad to see that she's able to say, looking outside of it, when you lay it all out, all of those words about me are true. Now, did she intend to do that? No. I don't necessarily know how many people actually intend to break up their relationship and or marriage in that way, but it does happen. But she felt inclined to then reach out to Rachel. And this is where I think this was production and Lisa Vanderpump basically telling Lala, hey, let's try to see if we can get Rachel back on the show. Let's see if she'll talk to you. You're the least likely to reach out to her. So if you do it, maybe she'll be enticed to respond and then maybe we can get a sit down or maybe she can come talk about something and clear things up. So we see Lala go out into the alley of Tom Tom, which by the way, felt like a new level of Tomb Raider was unlocked. Like, like Laura Croft finally got to the next stage of getting out of this big facility. Nonetheless, it will never be as iconic as the alley behind Sir, but it's an alley 
and it's a Vanderpump restaurant, so why not? We see Lala then leaving Rachel a voice note via Instagram DM, and I guess is hoping that, you know, she will respond to her and at least know that Lala was thinking about her and, and processed through some stuff and just wanted her to know, like, you don't have to wear that scarlet letter for the, re the remainder of your entire existence. Like, that's not fair. Um, so I do like, though, that she was authentically connecting it back to her in a way that even if it wasn't realistic, it was authentic enough, enough for her to go out there and, and leave that message for Rachel. Now, we obviously know Rachel has not responded and isn't going to be on this on the show this season. Um, so that was interesting because this was obviously at the very beginning of filming. So they were still trying to entice Rachel to come back. So it, it was interesting that they left that in, knowing that she wasn't on the show. Um, and then from there, yes, we get Schwartz and Katie. Now, I'm going to tell you guys something. If there's one person that I would want to have my back, right? It's Katie fucking Maloney. I mean, this girl does not give a shit. If you piss her friend off and that friend is like, I don't want nothing to do with that person. She's not going to do anything to help that relationship move forward. She's sticking by her friend. So everyone take note. You, we all need a friend like Katie Maloney. Because when the chips are down, she's down there with you and she's smoking cigarettes and she's going to figure this shit out with you. She's ride or die. And I love that about her. And I feel like that's how Lala is too. But there's just some, something about Katie where it's like, you can't bullshit her. You just can't. She has the like, don't bullshit me face. Um, and I've grown to really like Katie. I have. So I'm interested in seeing this storyline of hers where her and Tom Schwartz are hooking up with the same person, how that goes. But right now I'm very much like, okay, I wouldn't be asking her for anything. Like if I was in the wrong, I mean, like I wouldn't even be like, so she goes over to Schwartz's. Schwartz, I guess now is very much into collecting insects as pets, which why, why, why are we doing this? Um, also, shouldn't insects be in their natural element? Like, why do they need to live in a glass box? Set them free. Get them out of the house. Like, gross. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was grossed out by that. I'm not a bug person. And neither is Katie. Because she was kind of like, why are you, what? What's going on, Tom? Well, Tom finds it a good time to possibly see if perhaps, since Ariana has blocked him and does not want to engage with him whatsoever, maybe if Katie feels inclined, she may be putting a good word with Ariana about Schwartzy, maybe try to get them to get to a neutral space where they could talk. But Katie's like, Mm, oh, she blocked you? Oh, well, then she doesn't want to engage with you. So, no, I'm not fucking helping you. Like, like, I am starting to like their dynamic, though. It's starting to feel like they, they, I don't think they're best friends, but they've known each other for a long time, and she knows him very well, and he knows her very well, and they know how to push each other's buttons, and it's this weird 
backhanded, porky relationship at this point, but I do like it. It's very real in my mind. Like, I feel like that is very realistic. And um, yeah, Katie's a badass. Like, I just, I wouldn't mess with her and I surely wouldn't be asking her for any favors if I were Schwartz. So, I mean, because there's other people you could go to. You could go to Sheena. You could go even to Lala. I don't know. Katie's not going to help you, bro. Like, it's just not happening. Um, so that's that doesn't seem like it's in the cards. And what else happened? Let me see here. Because there was some interesting little tidbits towards the end. But felt like... Did we get through all that? Oh, you know what I forgot to mention was the scene where Sheena was talking to Brock about how, you know, she had reached out to Tom Sandoval because their friend Ali, who was very close to the whole group, passed away, unfortunately. And so she had reached out to Tom to let him know, like, if he needs anything, that she's here and that she was sorry for his loss. And um, Tom obviously didn't respond. And then she said that she tried to send another message and it didn't go through. And so she realized she was blocked. And then she realized he had blocked her on Instagram and blocked her podcast shenanigans and then blocked Summer Moon's Instagram account. Now, this is weird to me for a number of reasons. My personal view and point on this, and I don't have kids, so I take this with a fucking grain of salt you guys i am surely not here to give anybody parental advice i find it odd when people have children and they create social media accounts for them i don't think i would do that for a number of reasons well a big reason is because there's a lot of like pedos out there that i wouldn't want gawking at my child And number two, there's a lot of weird, crazy people and social media can be very dangerous. So the last thing I'd want to do is put my child's image out there. Now, aside from the safety, I do think it's a bit unfair to publicly share at that type of platform. Like Sheena doesn't just have a few thousand followers. She's got a good amount. So when she posts her child and now her child has her own Instagram, that child doesn't know anything about that so what if summer moon gets older and then discovers this instagram page that she never was in control of and then hates everything that's been posted or doesn't want to be a public person or doesn't want to have social media i don't know like don't you think it would be better to just leave that bit to yourself rather than create a whole instagram account so i don't even think it's that big of a deal that he blocked summer moon i mean i get that it, it's like a slap in Sheena's face. Like, why would you do that to my daughter? But he's not doing it to your daughter because your daughter doesn't run that Instagram account you do. And he knows that. So it would just be another account for you to go see what he's up to or, or whatever have you. So I get it from her point. Like she was like a little hurt because he, she's like, why would you do that to my baby? But like your baby doesn't know that that happened nor do do they understand that they're on social media. So. Um, and then from there, we get a girl's night with Katie, Sheena, Ariana, and Lala, okay? And a couple things come up, and I'm kind of glad they did because 
Lala talked about an elephant in the room. She was very honest with Ariana and she felt like, look, girl, I don't know if you like me or not for real or if you just tolerate me. I feel like it's really hard to be a friend to you because it feels like you shut down with me. So I just feel like I'm out here like trying, but like at what cost? And Ariana assures her that, no, it's not that. And now more than ever, she sees that, you know, Lala is trustworthy and whatnot. But I still kind of understand what Lala's saying. Like, it's like, well, you do make it harder for her than you do for the others. And maybe it was because in the past, like Lala would go and ask questions surrounding her and Tom's relationship. And we did see a bit of a scene that didn't go so well for Ariana when Lala asked about something or brought up something about um, Tom lying or saying he was somewhere where he wasn't. And she got very upset and she kind of cussed out production and was like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not going to sit here and talk about Tom in a negative way. So I think she just thought, it's not that she didn't like Lala. I think she just, from shooting the show in that standpoint, she knows that Lala is going to do what the producers ask, go ask these questions or try to bring this up. And I think at that point, she just wasn't trustworthy in that sense. It's not that I thought that, I don't think Ariana was not trusting her for like a sinister reason. Because from my knowledge, Lala's not really done anything to Ariana. But it seems that now Ariana is able to say like, no, I fullheartedly, like wholeheartedly trust you. I see you and let's work on this. Let's work on this friendship. And Sheena got sick of it not being about her anymore. So she's like, yeah, it sounds like you two need to go off and have your own little conversation. It's time to move on. Uh, No, but in all honesty, I will say though, in this scene specifically, Sheena to me came off as if like, if you didn't know any better, you would think that she was the one that was cheated on. She continuously keeps bringing it back to herself. And it's like, girl, it happened. Yes, I get the elements of it impacted you. You know, you protected Raquel. She stabbed you in the back because she lied and then made you look like an idiot, then placed a temporary restraining order on you. And the list goes on and on. So I get why she's upset. But at the same time, it at this point, we need to be over it. Like, you shouldn't be this upset about it anymore where you're still trying to draw it back to yourself. This happened to Ariana, not you, Sheena. Um, because we're good as gold. Um, but in the same breath, since Ariana and Lala are getting to a place where they want to work on their friendship one-on-one, Lala decides she needs to be honest with Ariana about something that she did and lets her know that she did reach out to Rachel and leave her a voice note, um, which did not make Ariana very happy, but she did not react negatively in the moment. But in her interview, excuse me, in her interview, she pointed out that it was a bit hypocritical for Lala to reach out to Rachel, considering she like ransacked anyone that hung out with Randall when they were like done. And I can kind of see that maybe it's a bit hypocritical, but I do think it's different, right? The way I'm looking at it, like 
Lala was the one that was in a, and I'm just generalizing, in an abusive situation, mentally, spiritually. I don't know if it was physical, perhaps maybe allegedly it was. Nonetheless, there was a bit of, I think this is when someone like Randall gets into these relationships with the young girls. It's grooming, give them a lot of stuff, you know, pull the wool over their eyes, make them feel like they're the only person in the room when in fact, you're just deflecting and then going out and being a monster. Um, so I don't think these two things are the same. I don't think Lala was reaching out to Rachel to hang out with her. So that already to me is not hypocritical because Schwartz went and hung out with Randall and there's people still hanging out and talking to him, knowing that he was the type of dude he was. And so I don't know if I agree with Ariana with that. I don't find that to be hypocritical at all. Lala was asked about it again on Watch What Happens Live. And she's like, look, guys, I don't know. Like, it happened. It did. I, it's not. It's not the same. But, like, I see what it looks like. And so, you know, sure. But I'm going to say that I don't find it to be hypocritical. I think that that was kind of stretching a little bit. But then here we go with Sheena again, turning around, making like, you don't think it impacted me? You don't think that I was affected? And it's just like, girl, enough. Enough. It didn't happen to you. Uh, it's so annoying when like people like that continuously take someone else's trauma and, and make it about themselves. It's like, we know it impacted not just you. It impacted the entire cast. All for different reasons, but it still made an impact. I'm not saying that this scandal did not affect anyone. I don't think Ariana feels that way, but I do think that Sheena's like really, she's really holding on to it is all I'm saying. So that is where we leave things for episode one. Like I said, I was very pleasantly surprised with this first episode for the season because, you know, just in general, these shows, their premiere episodes never really that, great or enticing it's kind of slow but i like that they jumped right in and they know we know everything and anything about what's going on so let's just cut right to the chase so i do appreciate that uh what else can i tell you try and think of anything that came up during watch what happens live last night that would be interesting Oh, there was another point in the thing where uh, in the Watch What Happens Live when Lala was on last night. It it is becoming more and more clear that she's not a fan of this new guy. Um, so, but we're gonna continue to watch. I will be recapping this every week, not only on my podcast, but we will be doing a more in-depthful recap on the Besties by Bravo podcast with Caitlin Marshall. So make sure you check that out. It's every Thursday, she goes live and I join her to recap. We just finished off Salt Lake City. So now we're gonna be uh, filling in that slot with Vanderpump Rules. So this was a pretty long-winded uh, recap slash quick tea slash announcement slash apology. But I'm very thankful for each and every one of you. I'm so happy that you guys always support me and you call me out when I do things like make mistakes like yesterday where I put out something without the trigger warning, you guys come right to me. And I, I'm so appreciative of that because I get so busy sometimes I'm not even thinking. So that 
my lesson there was have more uh, insight into what's being scheduled to go out. So with that, guys, we do have The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, new episode tonight. So I will be recapping that on an all new episode of the podcast tomorrow. Uh, So, but until the next time, guys, I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye.